the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning. Happy Saturday. Welcome to the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. News Talk 710-KNUS. 303-696-1971. Our telephone number if you want to join into the festivities. And throughout the show, you can text in 24-7-365 on the 710-KNUS app. Whether we will answer is uh depends on if we are hosting during that time in the 24-7-365. There are texts that sometimes come in overnight, you know. But we do have the view right here if you send in any texts. Today is going to be a cold one. The first snowstorm, I think we just skipped fall. We went, We go straight from like summer weather in the 80s to... 31 degrees Fahrenheit for the high today and snow. And 28 tomorrow with the snow continuing. Denver metro area expected to get 5 to 11 inches at the last estimate that I had seen. And oh my goodness, is that crazy to see and to think about. And we haven't really even had much of fall at all. Go figure. But then again, that's Colorado. And we'll get some fall weather because later next week we'll see 57 and 62 and 66. So it will be that Colorado kind of thing going on. Uh, Today we've got one more day where we will spend some time with school board candidates at the top of the 7 o'clock hour and then top of the 8 o'clock hour. We will be joined by candidates running for the Denver School Board, including John Youngquist, who is the uh, one of the two candidates. I guess there are three technically uh, at large, but two main candidates at large. We've had Kwame Spearman on before, who's backed by the teachers union in Denver. Uh, Interesting, after he had run for mayor of Denver. Um, and courted a lot of conservative support. He's got the teachers union backing in his run for the seat currently held by Tay Anderson, who has decided after a 9% approval rating not to run for re-election. Well, John Youngquist is also vying for that position. He's former principal of East High School, former administrator in Denver Public Schools, and he will be joining us at the top of the 7 o'clock hour for a bit. And then Kimberly Sia is running in District 1 in Denver, which is uh, currently held by Scott Balderman, who last month we had in for an extensive and very interesting interview. And so she will be joining us with her take on the conversation. Unfortunately, I wanted to have Charmaine Lindsay's opponent, Marlene De La Rosa, on as well at some point, but we have not been able to get her scheduled with her availability. So that is the lay of the land. In that regard, we will also check in very briefly with Max Garcia, who's a candidate for uh, Aurora Public Schools later on in this hour. Now, this week... 
it was very disturbing on the floor of the United Nations when the UN voted down an Israeli, uh, a pro-Israeli or condemnation of Hamas resolution that needed two-thirds vote in order to pass. Here's how that went down. In favor, 88. Against, 55. Abstentions, 23. Having failed to obtain a two-thirds majority of members present and voting, draft amendment A-ES10-L26 is not adopted. And there's applause. Applause. 55 no votes, 23 abstentions, 88 yes votes. Embarrassing for the world, but is it any surprise? I've been so disgusted and disturbed to see the videos of what's happening on college campuses now. We are seeing violence break out in this country against Jews. Pure Jew hatred on display and the excuse that they are using, whether it is their words or their physical actions, the excuse that they are using is, well, Israel has an occupation and Israel is too abusive and Israel is not fair to the Palestinians and Israel is overreacting and Israel is going too far. And I was reading deeply disturbing accounts of some of the attacks that were put on video, the absolute barbarism and brutality that were put on video and put out on social media platforms by Hamas. There is a piece in the Wall Street Journal yesterday entitled Hamas Puts Its Pogrom on Video. And apparently there was a screening done in New York by the Israeli government's representatives in the U.S. I think at the Israeli consulate in New York. And I don't know what I could reasonably give a taste of on the radio because the kind and level of brutality of the way in which they slaughtered innocent women and children, children who had just lost their parents in front of their very eyes. Those who shot defenseless civilians and dragged the corpses around continued shooting the dead. Stoking terror within the hearts, souls, and body, and mind of the innocents that they brutally attacked. And Israel is supposed to just lighten up or let up because Hamas chooses to be among civilians. It isn't Israel that said, hey, civilians, 
welcome Hamas into your homes and your hospitals. I saw a Bibi Netanyahu, I retweeted it, put out a tweet showing video detailing Israeli intelligence that there's, I think it's the Shifa Hospital, something like that, that is home to Hamas leaders in a hospital. But already, you know, we're three weeks into this war. It was three weeks ago at this moment that we were catching you up on the breaking news that Hamas had attacked Israel. We didn't know the extent of the details and the brutality and the death tolls and what was going to happen. But we are now three weeks in, and my how memories are short, where for the first week, week and a half, the anti-Semites were getting a lot of criticism here on this station, in other press outlets, from their fellow Democrats, at least a little bit. Tim Hernandez comes to mind. The state representative who has a long track record of Jew hatred and of anti-Semitic posts online. And he's somebody who refused to condemn Hamas that very day of the attack. And then we are seeing now the ongoing situation where... You have this in existence in the Democratic Party, but now they're getting more vocal again. They're getting more brazen. Because, oh, well, it's too much now. Israel's going overboard. First of all, the audacity to suggest that. Imagine if this was happening in the United States across our southern border, for whatever reason. We have a invasion of drugs and human smugglers and all that coming through the southern border. But imagine if we had paragliders come in and start slaughtering innocents at a music festival in El Paso. You think we'd be all hunky-dory about that? We'd certainly bring whatever we could. And John Kirby, Admiral and, uh, is he the Defense Department spokesman? Or actually, he's on the National Security Council. I think he's the head of that. And he was out there at a press conference yesterday. And I have to say, go John Kirby, go, which I don't think I've ever said that before. But it's true. Listen to this exchange with a reporter from Brazil. The president went further to say that innocents will die and that this is the price of the war. You also said that. I have indeed. Yeah. Don't you think this is insensitive? They're being very harsh criticism about insensitive. it. For example, the Council of American Islamic Relations said it was deeply disturbed and called on the president to apologize. Would the president apologize and no. does he regret saying something no. like that? About what's harsh, what's harsh is the way Hamas is using people as human shields. What's harsh is taking a couple of hundred hostages and leaving families in, uh, anxious, waiting and worrying to figure out uh, where their loved ones are. What's harsh is dropping in on a music festival and slaughtering a bunch of young people just trying to enjoy an afternoon. I could go on and on. That's what's harsh. That is what's harsh. And being honest about the fact that there have been civilian casualties and that there likely will be more 
is being honest because that's what war is. It's brutal. It's ugly. It's messy. I've said that before. The president also said that yesterday. It doesn't mean we have to like it. And it doesn't mean that we're dismissing any one of those casualties. Each and every one is a tragedy in its own right. And each and every one we should try to prevent. And that is why we're in close contact with our Israeli counterparts, to do everything we can to help them minimize the risk to civilians uh, that are in harm's way. It would be helpful if Hamas would let them leave, leave their homes, leave, the, leave areas, not shelter in tunnels underneath their houses and in hospitals, and let them get out, let them get out of Gaza if they want to leave. We know that there are thousands waiting to, to leave Gaza uh, writ large, and Hamas is preventing them from doing it. That is what is harsh. Well said from Admiral John Kirby. He's right. The civilian casualties that are going to happen are going to happen. Israel does their best to avoid it. They give 24 hours notice as often as they can to the civilians to say, hey, this area is going to be under attack in 24 hours, which, by the way, is 24 hours more notice than Hamas gave them, gave the Israelis. So when we see this kind of discourse, let's understand something. This is not this is not a genuine oh, it's going too much. You got to be careful. Cease fire, please. It's not a genuine effort to bring about peace. What is undergirding this is anti-Semitism. Is a belief that the United States shouldn't simply be the ally of Israel, as we have been since its establishment in its current form in 1948. It is rooted in anti-Semitism. Representative Javier Mabry, who was all critical a little bit of Democratic Socialists of America a couple of weeks ago and he put out a post and he was like, oh my gosh, DSA has gone too far and their comments and how they were basically uh, justifying Hamas. Well, then yesterday he goes and he says, retweeting a leader of the Palestinian government, not Hamas per se, but the Palestinian government saying and, and his trouble finding family and whatnot. Javier Mabry. Palestinian lives matter. It's past time for a ceasefire to save lives. I have to believe that Mabry is not naive enough to think that Hamas is actually going to abide and by the, the ceasefire and just be like, okay, we're done. We're going to put up our arms. It's ceasefire time. No way. And yet we're seeing more of this and we are seeing more putting up of uh, of protests for Palestine sci- or uh, flyers covering up the flyers for the missing at NYU and other campuses. And the colleges and universities let this go on for a few weeks until finally the billionaires said, hey, wait a second, what's going on? We're going to stop donating to you. Then they started pulling back and being like, okay, and now it's gotten out of hand. 
And some of them seem to be like, uh, wait a second, we let this go too far. Tulane University, an example of a place where violence had broken out. A dueling Palestinian-Israel protests, according to Fox News, and I watched some video. And and now there is, I want to share this before we go to the break, another piece This one was from, I think it's the New York Post. Yes, New York Post. Rather than protecting Jews, we're being told to hide again. There is a message being broadcast to Jews in Brooklyn to stay home. Stay inside, lock the doors. A pro-Palestinian protest is scheduled for 3 p.m. Saturday in front of the Brooklyn Museum. That's a mile from 770 Eastern Parkway, the headquarters of the largest ultra-Orthodox sect in the world. The uh, Labavich Hasidim. Roughly 20,000 observant Jews live around 770 in the neighborhood called Crown Heights. Jews should definitely avoid the area, an ultra-Orthodox news site called Colive.com said a security source had advised them and the Shmira, the local Jewish self-defense association. There's no intel at this time in which direction the protest will head. Locals should definitely stay away from the Eastern Parkway in that area. And he goes on to talk about how for observant Jews particularly those who are ultra-Orthodox, they can't have their phones. They can't have their computers. They can't drive. They've got to walk. And that's something they often do on the Sabbath because they can't use technology, so they go out with their family and they go for a walk. And they're being advised not to do that. Today, don't go to synagogue on the Sabbath. And then he gives examples from multiple points in history where Jews were told stay inside. Either it's not safe or we don't want you out on the streets. And then Frank was told to stay inside for two years before her family was ultimately turned in. He cites an example from 1991 when Jews were killed and beaten in New York City. That's why we've had on this station a number of times my good friend Rabbi Jonathan Hausman who has said that anti-Semitism is the constantly mutating virus. And what really only matters in this case is the era of history that you're living in. That's what defines what kind of anti-Semitism you're facing. The United States needs to continue to support Israel. Kudos to Biden and his administration for doing that. I'm glad we finally have a Speaker of the House who can get that aid package done. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to support Israel and we need to support our Jewish brothers and sisters in this great time of need. Make no mistake about it. I'm Jimmy Sangenberger. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with more. What do you think? 303-696-1971. Is it going to get worse? Are we going to see the amping up of violence? Because... There's a license that people feel, some sort of 
disgusting and perverse sense of moral superiority to stand for some Palestinian cause that they're willing to go after Jews in this way. Keep it here. Jimmy Sangenberger, News Talk, 710-KNUS. From the new album, Count Basie Swings the Blues, it's the Count Basie Orchestra with a blues man named Mr. Sip doing some down-home Mississippi blues. With the best damn bumper music known to man, getting things rolling today. News Talk 710-KNUS, 303-696-1971. You know, I don't these days, uh, lately haven't been able to get much of my harmonica playing on of late. Tonight, if the weather is fine, I'm hoping to be up at Dougie G's, the VFW Post and Thornton with... Uh, DJ Johnson and her Young Heart Band for a Halloween day uh, or Halloween night. It'll be fun if I can make it up there. I'm going to see. We'll see. We got 5 to 11 inches coming in um, between now and tomorrow. So that is TBD. But when it comes to harmonica... One of the best features... That has not happened nearly enough in the past few years of the Stephen Tubb show is Ask Jimmy's Harmonica. But this Monday, folks, the final Ask Jimmy's Harmonica of the Stephen Tubb show will happen at 530 this from this studio. I'll be coming in with the harps. We'll see which one is just itching to answer Stephen's questions. It's always a lot of fun. Do not miss it. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. Joining Stefan for one last time in studio on the Stefan Tubbs show this coming Monday before he hangs up his hat on Friday, November 3rd with the final edition of his program. Little blues for Stefan's departure, but we'll have some fun on Monday, 5.30 p.m., News Talk 710 KNUS. I was sharing some of the details about what is happening in the world of anti-Semitism that is seemingly expanding at a quickening pace. Good morning, Jimmy. Listener texts in on the 710KNUS app. The same time you were saying disgusting, I was saying disgusting. It's actually worse than that. Every one of those protesters should be ashamed of themselves. Have a blessed day, sir. Well, I appreciate it, you as well. Yes, they should be. But guess what? We don't have shame in our society anymore. Now, you shouldn't be too shamed. Of course. We care about people. But we are... We have crossed into this direction where shame is just seen as something terrible. And nobody should be shamed for anything. Even things that might be worthy of being shamed. Like, I don't know. When a vote is about to happen in the U.S. House of Representatives, you go to the emergency door area and you tear off two warning signs... And then you go and you pull a fire alarm and you walk away. And the fire alarm goes off. 
Now, you try to deny it because there ain't no shame. And you're standing by your word that you did not have any intention to slow oh. things. I mean, hell Democrats no. were trying to stall this vote on the hell House no. floor. Yeah, hell no. I mean, when I ran, to the, when I ran into the uh, Capitol, I went to go vote. And someone told me, go downstairs, there's a meeting. So I didn't even know that meeting was taking place for the motion to, uh, motion to, um, I forgot what the vote was. But yeah, so no, absolutely not. Hell it was on funding the government. Jamal Bowman, a congressman who, well, he got, he got a very nice deal with the DA, rather the attorney general for D.C. Pay the fine, three months from now it'll be dismissed and I'll be able to just continue to serve my district. You mean it'll be dismissed, like it'll be expunged from your record? I believe so, yes. That's the deal? Yes, yeah. With Capitol Police? Uh, ACD, the, the, the DCAG. Okay. Yeah. Expunged. The special treatment for a congressman from New York. On the Democrat side, in a Democrat-run city, expunged from his... No shame, won't even admit it. I watched the video last night of him tearing down warning signs that were stuck onto the door, just pieces of paper, but still warning signs, and then pulling the fire alarm, and then he doesn't run away. He walks away. He walks away. Wouldn't you be, like, running because, oh, shoot, I did this by accident. I'm going to tell somebody I'm sorry or something. The whole thing is absurd, and yet it's the it's sort of apropos of the society we live in. 303-696-1971. Perfect timing for Steve in Denver to call in. Good morning, Steve. You're on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. Good morning, Jimmy. Um, on the Israel situation, you know, I'm 100 uh, percent supportive of Israel, up, down, left, right. And I'm involved in these things and, and uh, pay attention. And I wanted to see your thoughts. I'm pretty surprised about, you know, the, dem- the, the anti-Semitic demonstrations. That's point one. And then point two is it appears to be growing. I don't know if you saw the, the thing in Grand Central Station in New York last night. I mean, it rather than compress, it's getting bigger. Your thoughts? Yeah, no, I, I completely agree, and I, I was alluding to that. I, I think that um, what we are seeing is two things. One, it is just sort of the repeat of history, or if, if history doesn't repeat, it rhymes. Anti-Semitism goes back millennia. By the way, uh, folks on the left like to say that The Israelis are somehow colonizers. The Israeli colonizers are oppressing the Palestinian people. Who are the natives of that land today known as Israel, once known as Judea? The Jews. Yeah. The Jewish people had claimed for millennia to there. Steve, go ahead. I'm sorry. I just I want to push back on, you know, I. I'm a Democrat, and the Democratic Party, the traditional Democratic Party, you know, Truman was there when Israel was, you know, enacted in 48, that had been strong supporters of Israel. But, you know, we do have this this um, this fringe that, that is not good. And, uh, boy, I had another point, and it skipped my mind. Um, 
Well, let me let me jump well, in and, and, and share some another anecdote, sure. uh, Steve, from another Democrat. So, oh, I've been, I know, I know. Oh, I'm go sorry. Ahead, go I'm ahead. sorry. Here, go ahead. Here's my point. People don't seem to realize that Hamas, in its founding documents, in its charter, talk, talk about their purpose is not to get land, not to acquire money, is to eliminate Jews from the face of the earth yes. and eliminate Israel. And then you have all these, you know, anti-Semitic songs that have been discussed on your radio, you know, properly criticized. And, I mean, that's their purpose. It's nothing else. That is exactly right. So uh, I've been very critical, of course, of the Democratic Socialists of America. Uh, Aurora City Councilman Juan Marcano is running for mayor of Aurora, and he resigned very publicly from DSA. I'm leaving because they wouldn't condemn Hamas. And then he goes and last week at an Aurora City Council meeting opposes a resolution condemning Hamas and supporting Israel. And this guy, though, because of his viewpoints, Steve, it is. It is unbelievable. But so I wrote a column for my Friday column in the Denver Gazette, not yesterday, but last Friday. Hamas apologists are facing consequences. And there's one Democrat named Jane Ringer. She is a Littleton Democrat, a retired accountant, and until recently she was serving as the Arapahoe Democratic Party's volunteer treasurer. And as I wrote, a donor to candidates across the country, she'd originally assumed her views would largely align with both Marcano and Allison Coombs, who's on the council, another socialist, and donated a total of $125 between the two. Well, last week, Ringer asked both Marcano and Coombs to send her money back, saying, quote, as a Jew whose father fought in World War II, I find their positions to be appalling. I thought we already fought this battle, you know. I have zero tolerance for the obliteration of Israel, so I'm voting with my wallet by asking for my money back. I am now in alignment with my values, and I feel much better having spoken up. This just cuts way too deep. A final word from you, Steve, a Democrat. No, I just, I, 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 I'm just shocked by this, and, and you wonder these people. I wonder if they went to one day of history, if they know anything about the history of Israel and the history of this country and the history of World War II. A lot of them have to know some of that. But I do believe that among the younger ones, those who are in college, they don't have a clue. Steve, thanks for the call. Really appreciate it. All right. Thank you. All right. Yeah. I mean, you can think about it. History is woefully taught, untaught, inadequately for sure. That's why, by the way, education is so critical in having school board members who are apt to address education and to promote civics and more are so critical. In the next segment, we will check in with one candidate who is running for the Aurora Public Schools Board of Education. Max Garcia is on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show as we get rolling along with some education discussions on Denver's local talk leader, News Talk 710 KNUS, the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. Welcome back. Jimmy Sangenberger here with you. News Talk 710 KNUS. Albert Castilla searching the desert for the blues as we wrap up this, the first hour of the program. Coming up top of the hour, we will talk with at-large candidate for Colorado's largest school district, the Denver Public Schools, John Youngquist. But first, I'm pleased to be joined by a candidate for Aurora Public Schools. His name is Max Garcia, and he joins us now on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. Good morning, Max. How are you, brother? 
Yeah, doing well, Jimmy. Good morning to y'all and your listeners as well. Great to be on. Thanks for coming on this early in the morning. We do appreciate it. So let me just ask you right up front, who is Max Garcia and why are you running for the Aurora School Board? Well, that's a great question. Max Garcia is a uh, father of three teenage daughters, uh, husband for 26 years, uh, a teacher, a coach uh, for nearly three decades, and uh, been involved with uh, mentoring, advocating, and uh, working closely with youth in the community uh, through various organizations. And uh, my heart is uh, wrenched when it comes to the education of our kids, the safety and well-being of our children. And uh, last year, uh, after being on campus uh, in a uh, school up uh, off of I-70 in Nevada, uh, I came to the realization that things need to change. We need uh, uh, a new voice uh, and one that is focused on uh, the hearts of the children. And uh, I, I jumped in the race late, but uh, my heart is in the right place. And uh, I desire to see uh, the future of our children uh, be turned back to uh, education and uh, them being kids and not dealing with uh, all the nonsense that's going on in the classroom with the various agendas that have been put forth. Yeah, I think there's so much concern about politicization of our classrooms and with good reason because it is distracting from the academics and thereby harming kids. We are seeing the tanking of student achievement just as one metric, the CMAS, the standardized testing that happens every year. And we are seeing dismal proficiency rates as low as 20, 30 percent. And that includes Aurora Public Schools. That's correct, Jimmy. It's amazing. If you look across the board, and there's uh, uh, several schools uh, that I could compliment, Murphy Creek Middle School, I'm sorry, K through 8, rather, you know, proficiency in English. And I'm not proud of these numbers because obviously I have not been involved directly with the board, but we're talking, you know, 56% proficient in English language arts, 42% proficient in math. Um, you look at a couple of the other schools, 38% in math for Aurora Frontier K through eight and 56 in English. Uh, I, I mean, those are positive numbers, but on the converse, you're looking at 40, uh, 44% not proficient in math and, you know, 58 in, in, uh, I'm sorry, 48 in the math and, uh, 44 in English. So those numbers are, are, are what concerns me. If you look at <laughs> South Middle School, Jimmy, you're talking about 90, 7.8% not not proficient in math wow. and 90, 90 yeah 91.5% in English language arts so English and uh, I'm not talking about yeah but well, I, I just want to say this is having real world implications we just had a listener call in pointing out that we're raising the question of how many of the those who are protesting for the Palestinians right now or at least they think they are how many of them have any clue about World War II and the history related to anti-Semitism and so forth uh, and the history of Israel. And this is why, because kids are not learning adequately in schools. And this is beyond inadequate. What you are telling me right there, Max Garcia. Well, you know what, Jimmy, I'm going to touch uh, briefly on that uh, comment you made in regards to some of the 
the uh, protests that are going on because obviously that's not our main focus this morning. We're more talking about uh, closely related, but absolutely. The, um, and I'm going to say it, the indoctrination of our children, not only in this state, but across the nation is abhorrently apparent by what is going on. They have no idea the, the, the cost of their freedom and the blood that was shed. My dad's a veteran. My cousins are military. There is something wrong. And it's been, and I think since the shutdown, and I'm not going to even use that word pandemic because I really believe that it was, yeah. uh, uh, the, the result is from the shutdown where the kids yes. were not in school for two years. The policies. The parents mm-hmm. became, yeah, and the parents became keenly aware of what was really going on in the classroom when they were given a, a glimpse, a snapshot of what the uh, students were hearing, seeing, and learning, or not learning in classrooms. Yeah, it's staggering. Uh, just got a couple minutes left with you, Max Garcia. Uh, briefly, sure. what do we do about it? How can you actually address this? Because this is this is not just an Aurora Public Schools problem. You are giving some of the worst stats that I have heard, but this is something that is going on in so many Colorado school districts. That's right, and I think uh, we need to we need to instead of uh, spending hundreds of thousands, if not uh, thousands, if not millions of dollars on outside consulting firms and or and programs that are not do not have a proven track record, we need to look uh, in inside introspectively at uh, uh, what is being done wrong. And I and I think by looking to the uh, the principals, to the leadership teams, to the parents, to the students. And uh, those that are teaching in the classroom and and really collectively uh, communicating with all, partnering with all, uniting all for the common good of turning this ship around, riding the ship, I think we can make a difference. Uh, Again, we cannot look to outside organizations. We have to look within to find out what really is going on. And again, I think that you, you hit the nail on the head with regards to what is being taught and what is being uh, what is being propagated or perpetuated through the indoctrination is a huge part of it, and we see the result. You know, Abraham Lincoln said it: the philosophy of the the philosophy the philosophy in the classroom today will be the philosophy of government in the mm. in the next generation. That's very true. And, I think I think that's well said. I got a minute left, so Max Garcia, candidate for Aurora Public Schools, where could folks go to learn more about you and your campaign? And a final word, real quick. Absolutely. Max, uh, please visit my website, Max Garcia or APS.org. Uh, read about uh, my platform issues, uh, how important God is in my life, my family uh, first uh, mentality and working with the children for uh, oh so many years and make a donation. Right now, we are in the final stretch, 10 days, 11 days till actual election date. We need to run Facebook ads. We need to run uh uh, next door and also with uh, you know robocalls and yeah. also the uh, text messaging so with that being said Jimmy I want parents to know of my passionate desire for each child in the APS school district that they get the needed education <laughs> whether they like it or yeah. not yeah uh, to, to, to <laughs> Some, sometimes be- sometimes kids don't like getting that rigorous education because it means they actually have to focus in school. But guess right. what? That's the sign of a good education. Max Garcia, best of luck to you in your race on the Aurora Public Schools Board of Education.
Jimmy, thank you. Have a wonderful day, man. You as well. We'll take a break. John Youngquist, candidate for at-large, replacing Tay Anderson is what he wants to do. In Denver Public Schools on the other side, Jimmy Sangenberger here with you, 710 KNUS. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.